Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very, very special guest. Her name is Lynette Hoyt, and she's practiced public relations in different capacities, including her founding her firm, Fire Talker PR, 11 years ago. I bet you that feels like it was yesterday. It does. The Fire Chief has worked with organizations like the National Institute of Health and the American Cancer Society to put their products, services, and events on the map. In the profit sector, she has turned C-suite executives into speakers and thought leaders and has has been featured in such things as CNN, MSNBC, Inc. Magazine, Fortune Magazine, just to name a few. A fiery connector and the idea generator, her work increases the bottom line. Welcome, Lynette. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, you know, I've worked with you now for a couple of years, so I know your capacity in the public relations field. But what made you go into the public relations field? Well, it's a fun story. And it started when I was about seven-ish. My father had just started his own car dealership called Taylor Motors, which was my maiden name, in Reno, Nevada, here in the United States. And I was watching television and seeing all these car dealers getting ads out there. Of course, I didn't know they were ads, you see. So I'm seeing them talk about their dealerships and they're getting all of this fun stuff out there. And I thought, well, my daddy's not out there on the television. That's not right. So here I am now pushing eight years old at this point, And I decided to call the television stations. So I proceeded to get a hold of a few of them. And I remember one in particular just saying to them, you know, my daddy is just as good as these other people that you're having on TV. And I think he should be on TV, too. And they were so smitten by this little kid calling (laughs) and wanting to have her daddy on TV that they actually went to my father's car dealership and they toured it and they interviewed him. And it was fantastic. He bragged about that till the day he died. So it was a lot of fun. And I would say that was my first taste of publicity. And then when I went to university years later, of course, fascinated by television all the while, I went into television production and a few of my professors said, you are great. You're in the wrong place. You should be a publicist. And of course, I had no idea what a publicist was. But once I got going with uh, the rest of my formal career in education, it became pretty clear what I was supposed to be doing. And I worked in PR the whole time. So it was an absolute blast. And with the National Institutes of Health, we did a campaign for Tums with uh, Dr. Barbara Levine, which was just phenomenal. And, And I knew I was home. 
No, fantastic. I'm glad that you found your niche in life. You know, uh, Jack Canfield says, if you find what you really like doing, it really puts everything else together. It really yes. puts all the things together and really helps uh, you really find your mark. And it allows you to help others that way. Yes, I agree. Now I mentor people in the field of public relations and help them to become those thought leaders rather than doing the work for you. So it's a pretty exciting time. You know, it wasn't always easy for you. I know in 2012, you had a near-death experience. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about that? It was a really dark time. We, uh, I had been sick for some time and didn't know it and ended up in the ER with emergency surgery. And I had nothing going on. I had, my business was quite full at the time but I had nothing going on in terms of any sort of plan. So when I woke up three days later, there was nothing but chaos going on around me. I had people trying to notify me. There were people whose interviews got canceled with one was with CNN. Uh, another was with the NBC affiliate in New York city. I mean, I, I just, everything fell through the cracks And when you are talking about people's livelihood and how you are positioning them for success and there's nothing, everything went blank, no phone calls, no nothing. It really puts everyone in a very odd place. And I learned the hard way, especially as a public relations professional, that having a crisis plan in place is critical. I literally lost all of my business in a matter of a week. Wow, that's amazing. And and I think that really shows how that crisis management is so important. Like in the last week, I've had my own little crisis where Google decided me to lock me out of my Gmail on Friday night. And it didn't reinstate me till Tuesday. So the good news is I had most people's uh, emails I I didn't have to rely on my automatic emails from Gmail. I also had them uh, relocated in other places like my team up. So I was able to contact most people and rearrange them. And those that I hadn't been able to rearrange, we've now rearranged them for later in the month. So, you know, that little crisis taught me the importance of backing things up, double backing things up and making sure you don't rely on one means of communication with anybody because you never know when these means of mass destruction, these these things we rely on every day, such as email, Gmail, Facebook, um, all these things can go down and they can literally destroy you if you don't have another means of communication. Oh, yeah. And And in my case, too, it was not having a crisis plan in place, even as a solopreneur. You know, I have several people that work for me across the country, but essentially I am a solopreneur. And at that time in 2012, it was just me, period. And in fact, at that time, my husband was not aware of my clients. We had no backup plan. There was nothing in place. Should the walls fall down, someone gets sick, someone dies, someone's incapacitated, whatever the case may be. I had no plan in place that said, okay, 
if I am in an accident, if I am in a situation where I have emergency surgery, whatever that case may be, who is the person that's responsible for calling all the clients, for letting everyone know this is what's happened, this is where we are, and and what are the next steps? Is there someone else in line that can jump in in my place? Do I have a colleague that is at the ready to jump in and take care of my clients? So those are, that's just a couple of things that really need to be in place so that like you were talking with something even with Gmail. I mean, when you get locked out of Google, you're in big trouble. So having backup plans is desperately important to the success of our businesses. Yeah. And as I said, uh, the way I was able to deal with it is that it was a mild inconvenience rather than something that was devastating to me. And and I I found with all these things, Lynette, now you have to laugh. You you literally have to learn to laugh when all these things go wrong. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't, you'd be going crazy all the time. It will get your blood pressure up. It'll cause you to get into a stroke situation. It'll cause you to have a heart attack. If you don't learn to laugh and literally just go through the situation as it's meant to be, it's meant to be a minor inconvenience. And, and, and you know, if, if you've got a little bit of extra time to work on your other projects, so be it. it, it it's fine if you don't have to be tied to Gmail all the time. Agreed. It's fine if you don't have Wi-Fi all the time and can't get on it all the time of every minute, every day, because that's the other thing we're reliant on is Wi-Fi all the time. And as you know, in your world, you have not had reliable Wi-Fi at certain times. And that's Mm -hmm. been a problem. Yeah, it is. And I think it's something that people are learning different things to do now, especially being virtual almost all the time. It's really important, for example, to have your, your hotspot ready on your phone. If something goes down, you can jump onto your hotspot and be back in business in no time at all. And people forget about that. We're so preoccupied with making sure our phones are turned down and things are set up so they're not disturbing us that the phone's in another room, <laughs> and which is probably a good thing. But on the other hand, if your internet goes down and you need to do something with your hotspot, you're not able to do that. You got to run in the other room, run back, and it's just another one of those little things. But yeah, it's it's important, I think, to laugh about it along the way, because if not, you're right, we'd, we'd all be in very poor health, I think. Yeah. Now, most people are really reliant on getting their face and their voice out to the public now. Most people have to have some sort of public presence in order to do things at the level that they they want to. So what would be your advice for somebody that's starting on this journey? Uh, how should they go about getting um, the media to notice them? It's a real process, and it's, I think, a very fun process. Although it's not for the weak of heart, it's a lot of work too. And what I mean by that is starting out to become visible means you have to build a platform around it. So what I do with my clients is I set up a press room, but first I set up all the ingredients that go into the press room. I was talking to a client of mine the other day, and I told her that putting together 
a strong press room is like starting with a shell of a house, you know, brand new house that you just built and there's nothing inside it, no furniture, no carpeting, no flooring. You've just got the walls in and now you've got to make it pretty. So as we build out that presence to become visible, you know, it's about creating the online media kit, which goes into the press room, making sure you've got images set up and ready for the media. And there's all sorts of elements that go into that press room. And it's just really important when we start to approach the media to become the go-to in the industry we serve, to be ready with a platform that they can jump into and get all the information that they need. If we make their job easy, it makes it all the better. And it makes us look fantastic, right? If you've got something really set up beautifully that the media appreciates, you are much more, you're perceived far more as a professional and more credible than to just, you know, wing it, which yeah. never goes very far. And I think you need to put yourself in the shoes of a person that's, uh, the old word used to be reporter, but I think it's much more than that. They have to be on TV, radio, newspaper, but they also have to be on social media as well. So they literally do not have time to do things like they used to. They literally are, you know, the, their work day is from chaos to chaos from chaos. And they literally do not have time to do things. So you have to make it so that they will use you because they just don't have time to do anything else. Agreed. Agreed. And, you know, over when COVID first started, the numbers of media personnel across the board were starting to drop. And that actually began during the Great Recession. And now moving forward, we come into the end of 2019 and it really hit when COVID hit the fan. And by the end of 2020, Pew Research came out with some numbers that reflected 68% of media personnel across the board. Now that's reporters, producers, journalists, floor directors, etc. Across the board were either furloughed, permanently laid off, or laid off. And so what ends up happening is the editor of one paper may likely end up being the editor of three and so they're really stretched then. So if you're not showing up fully prepared and giving them everything that they could possibly need to interview you and positioning yourself as the expert, you're in trouble because they're going to do searches on you online. But that does not reflect who you are overall. If you've got a starting place and then they can do a couple of searches and quickly identify you, you know, that's fantastic but they just don't have time to do dark, long searches and go back pages and pages. And they just, they don't have time anymore. But the good news is if you have a story to tell, it's more than likely to go across multiple media and go global because that is likely what's going to happen. If you get picked up, it's going to hit the, the wire services and go crazy because once they pick it up, that's going to be a major story for them because they can put it in multiple places. Yes, yes. And making sure that your press release headline is newsworthy and that you've got a really great story to tell. 
And that's a, the, one of the biggest pieces that gets missed. And, and I think we all know that is making sure that what you're putting out there to the media, what you're pitching to them is newsworthy in, at the time. Yeah, and I, I think people have to realize how important it is to be newsworthy. And, and that is an art unto itself, Lynette. It, it's very important to say things. You're not selling anything in press releases. You're giving something that's newsworthy. Agreed. Agreed. Very important stuff. And press releases are a, a wonderful platform to use in terms of just letting people know, too, what you're up to. I mean, for the media, yes, with newsworthy stories and so on, but there's lots of great uses for press releases. You can announce a project that you're working on or a new platform, a new program. And we put these press releases out there on free services or you spend very little just to get it out on a wire service, which helps with the search engine optimization of what you're doing and your name, all of that. And then that's another place the press room comes into play because links to our press releases go there as well. Yeah, and I I think it's important to realize that it's not just setting out a press release. It's that this is something that is uh, a magnet for many other things. And, uh, you know, press releases often finish high in Google searches in this day and age. So once you do it properly, that comes on the number one page for you. And then people have you as another resource. So you become a credible expert as a result of doing it properly. Absolutely. And mixing it up so you don't use just one platform. I always encourage my clients to use more than one. You know, Besides, for example, prlog.org, you might also send a few out on PR Web or you know, any, there's several services out there now, but mixing it up and keeping your expenses low on that, not spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on a release where you're just announcing a program for the SEO or something else that has happened within your business. So using those different platforms is really helpful. Yeah, I think that's very important. And, and I think that is, is what goes on with this. So what is the role of a PR expert in all of this, Lynette? The role of a public relations professional is a vast one. Under the umbrella, you know, the industry of public relations, there are many areas of expertise. For example, there are people that just specialize in crisis management. And for most, however, that falls under the venue of publicity and promotion. And that's been what I've been working on for 27 years in different capacities. And what a PR expert typically does is manages the overall process. If they're doing the work for you, they're managing the process of how you're showing up. How are you looking to the rest of the world? You're media training you. They're making sure that you're ready for any type of interview, whether it be for television, radio, for podcasting, even for interviews where you're verbally interviewed on the phone or on a recorded line, and also in getting the message out there about who you are, what you stand for, why you matter, and what your why is. 
So the whole premise, all these pieces, you know, building the press room, the online media kit, making sure all the social media flows, making sure that media that you do get, impressions you do get, the placements are also utilized within your social media, that they're leveraged for more coverage. So there's lots of things that go into that. But the long and short of it is all of these activities fall under the venue of creating thought leaders and go-to experts for the media over time. So that's the primary function of a public relations professional is to create a media darling. Yeah, I, I think that's important. And, and, you know, I think a person that wants to be in the media, they really should spend a little bit of time, take some medium training and, and learn how to speak in sound bites because that's what the media really wants is little snippets that they can get the message out in 20 seconds or less. And by giving them a quotable quote is something that really helps people a lot. Agreed. Yeah, it's really an important thing to be prepared. And something that I, it's a, a little tidbit you can take home listeners out there. And that's as part of always being prepared. Even if you are driving around town, let's say you live in New York City and you are always needing to be at the ready. So I tell my clients, pack a backpack, get everything in there that you need, get some makeup in there, get a clean shirt, a tie. You know, if you have a, you know, jacket, a suit jacket, hang that in the car. You, it just lives in the car. You've got it there all the time, or you've got it laid out nicely in the trunk because here's what happens. Always being prepared for that sound bite to your point, doc, being prepared. So that when the media comes a call in and they've had a cancellation, let's say, on a news program, you better be ready to run because you might have an hour or less to put on that fresh tie and shirt and put on that fresh jacket and have that makeup to get ready to go on camera so you're not shiny and show up at the station ready to sit down and be interviewed. So it's just a, a little fun thing I like to tell people. And of course, for women, it would be the same protocol, only maybe a skirt or a blouse, what have you, but always being prepared. And it's actually worked out pretty well several times for folks. Yeah. You know, as I say, the old Boy Scout motto of always be prepared is something that I think we need to take to heart in this day and age. And, and the other thing I, I think you need to have in that preparation is to have a clear message a clear message that cuts through the thing. If you don't have a clear message, I think that is a big detriment to yourself. So Absolutely. So spending time with a PR expert and getting your message clear is very important as well. Absolutely. Yeah, that falls under that purview and making sure that what you're putting together, all your materials, everything keeps rippling towards that why towards that messaging so that as you're being positioned as that expert, you're known for a particular thing and that revolves around your message. Yeah. Messaging is huge. Messaging is all messaging is part of it. Now, Lynette, this show is called how to live a fantastic life. So how do you Lynette Hoy live a fantastic life? 
For me, Doc, it's really come around to giving back. And I have always wanted to start a foundation. And my one of my whys, one of the things that gets me up in the morning is 10, 15 years from now, I want to have enough money set aside to start a foundation. My husband and I are wanting to help abuse children. So the foundation will be supporting nonprofits that in turn help sexually and emotionally abuse children. I was abused as a child myself, and it really speaks to how important it is for me to make sure that I'm doing that. And where a lot of the fantastic fun comes in is here locally, there is a nonprofit called the Idaho Youth Ranch, and they do equine therapy for abused kids. So I get to work with the therapists, (laughs) the horses. I go every week and I spend time and I muck stalls, I pick up their poop, and I get to groom the horses. And it's my way of giving back. And it's part of how I live a fantastic life. Oh, isn't that wonderful, Lynette? I I think those are really, really good aspirations. And I think those are important things. But I also know that in addition to doing a big mega project like this, you give back regularly. You have such a big heart that you're always giving back. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. So, um, We're getting close to the end here, Lynette. How can people get in touch with you if they'd like to? Well, I would say the best way to get in touch with me is to go to chatwithlynette.com. Super simple, chatwithlynette.com. And you can choose a time to have a little talk with me, perhaps about what's going on in your world around public relations. And if you have questions about How do I get out there? How in the world do I start? I'm always happy to take the time and talk with people about how to get rolling and what the next steps might be for them. Fantastic. Well, thank you for spending this time with us, Lynette. Thank you very much for for doing this. Uh, You know, I'm sure our listeners are going to get a lot from this today. Well, thank you very much. It's been fun. Yeah, thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope to talk to you soon. Remember, I'm on social media and I'd love you to be on my Instagram. So come and visit me there. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day. Fantastic.